Hey, it's Ralph here. Q1 is now closing and it probably didn't go as well as you had hoped, but I'm sure your agency is probably telling you that they crushed it. But in reality, it crushed you. If your agency isn't on the same page as you are, if there's something wrong, but you can't quite put your finger on what that thing is, go on over to tier11.com forward slash apply. It will set you up on a call to show you a better way to look at your business, not just metrics that make us agencies look good, but something that actually moves the needle and makes you more money, acquires more new customers, and ultimately achieves your vision. Head on over to tier11.com forward slash apply today. You're listening to Perpetual Traffic. Hello and welcome to the Perpetual Traffic Podcast. This is your host, Ralph Burns. This is episode 294 and we've got a real special guest here for you, a frequent flyer on Perpetual Traffic, none other than the Minister of Media, the Master of Media Buying, Angela Ponsford. Welcome back to Perpetual Traffic. We're just making up titles for you at this point. Doesn't I love, matter. I love these titles. I don't think I don't think any of them is as good as the one Vic gave me once, which was President of Facebook. <laughs> Forget Mark Zuckerberg. Ange is in charge of Facebook, and it's a good thing that she takes you know an hour once a month to come on and educate you as President of Facebook of what's going on on this platform and all the other platforms that we're now uh, buying media on, which is actually pretty exciting here at Tier 11. We're pretty pumped to see some real traction with YouTube and some of the other social platforms, uh, which we'll certainly be talking about in future episodes. But today we're going to be talking about Facebook and Instagram, what's working now, as well as some news. And yeah, we'll probably throw in a little iOS 14 update in there somewhere, but we're not going to be talking about that quite as much, although we have been getting regular registrations to information webinars from Facebook, which really hasn't shed a whole lot of new light on this whole thing at this point. Just a couple of details here and there. Maybe we can just start off with that, And Anything new that you've seen since we last spoke about iOS 14 as uh, we're recording this, you're actually going to be listening to this almost in real time, everyone uh, listening to Perpetual Traffic. So uh, this is real, real-time stuff. So anything new on the iOS front that you've seen in particular, especially this past week? The only thing is, and and this hasn't been confirmed absolutely from our partner manager, but we've heard it from another Facebook rep, is about the potential changes in ROAS reporting through into Facebook. So the the current information that we have is that ROAS will not be getting fed back and it will the only times that you will see it are when you're running a value optimized campaign and they will feed back in buckets. So for example, you know, someone bought between 10 to $20 of a product, someone bought 20 to $30 of a product. So that is potentially huge, but I, it's, it's not been confirmed by multiple sources as far as I'm aware. So it's, it's definitely watch this space on that one. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think we're doing a lot of things on our side, uh, server-side tagging, conversions, API integration, which we can certainly get into in future episodes. We're not going to get into that here, but there's a lot of things that we're doing in advance of this in case... You know, this whole transition is, you know, as doomsday as some people think. I actually don't think it's going to be. My personal take is, and I'll say it here, is that Facebook and Apple will work out some kind of solution. There's too much money on the line. These are two tech titans 
That's a lot of alliteration of a T right there. And two tech titans going head to head, and it's like brinkmanship. And Apple flinched and said that they would push off this full ATT update to early spring. How much more vague can you possibly be? And I think it's because there's a lot of things that are going on behind the scenes. I, I just feel like Facebook and, and Apple don't necessarily like each other, but they also realize that they are in the tech space and there's going to be some monumental shift with regard to tracking and reporting attribution, how AI actually works through the algorithm and in both platforms, whether it be Apple, whether it be Facebook, whether it be Google, there's going to be a whole new set of standards that are going to be coming out and things that we probably don't even know about right now. But just the fact that this has been delayed till early spring is a sign that they're working things out or at least probably talking and some money is probably going to be exchanged in some way, shape or form behind the scenes. That's my personal take on it right now. What, what are your thoughts on it, Ange? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I'm probably a little little bit more doomsday than than you are. Well, a, a That's bit, good. I'm not, I'm not. Yeah, it is good. We need those different opinions. Absolutely. I think what we're certainly doing from a practical level in all our accounts are making sure that we're super clear on one day click metrics and how we correlate that with the current KPIs that we have. We're also beginning to look at CPA metrics versus ROAS metrics. So, you know, a lot of our, some of our customers already are on, you know, a CPA, i.e., you know, they need to get a certain cost per purchase for the, for their products. A lot of our customers, because they're e-com based, are, are working off of ROAS based targets. So what we, we are definitely digging into the data. We're looking at correlations between CPA and ROAS. We're looking at those one-day click metrics and we're we're coming up with alternatives to some of the KPIs that we currently have if the, the apocalypse does happen and, and we lose a, a lot of the, the information and, and the attribution and the data that's coming back into Facebook ads. I think it's a, a wake-up call for a lot of businesses that are so return on ad spend, that's what ROAS is, in case you're not familiar with that term, return on ad spend centric. It's been a metric that's really been a bugaboo, I think, for us. I think that's the first time I said bugaboo on perpetual traffic here, Ange. I don't know. Good, sh- okay. good word. I like that yeah. word. You like that? Okay. Uh, Mm -hmm. You can throw in a few Aussie expressions, uh, you know, feel free. Drop those bombs. But I I think it's been a metric that's, it's a false god in a lot of ways. Because I think if you don't have a, a business and you have an offer and all you're trying to do is utilize Facebook to put in a dollar and get multiple dollars back out on the first day, that's not the real way to run a business. You will do well for a certain period of time. And we certainly have customers that are ROAS focused, but the customers that really win in the long term look at Facebook as a customer acquisition tool. And he or she who is willing and able to pay more to acquire that customer will win in the end. And especially if iOS doomsday does occur, we're not going to have as much with granular retargeting, granular targeting. And the thing that's going to win out above all else is solid business models, but most importantly, front-end creative, front-end messaging. And that has never changed in advertising, whether it's Facebook with all its granularity or newspaper ads from way back when to direct mail. Like all those principles still really matter. And if you're not doubling down on creative and how you actually look at 
what's the best way to engage cold traffic, not even worrying about like your retargeting, take retargeting out of it. Can you make your business continue to run by acquiring customers at cost or break even and then sell them over and over again because you've got a sound business model? Front-end creative is going to allow you to do that. It's not going to be some, you know, cool retargeting scheme. Yes, we use the ad amplifier, the e-com ad amplifier. It works extremely well running all the traffic that we run here to the tune of $100 million a year. The point is, is yes, now all that stuff works, but still 80% of our spend is on level one cold traffic. And that's why we have been so diligent, I think, in building out our creative team. Some of the things we're going to be talking about here in today's show in order to weather this storm. But we did it way before the iOS thing was even a threat. We're like, well, where's the future of advertising? It's still going to be messaging how to hook people in, get people interested in what you have to say. And that all comes back to solid front end, lots of testing of creative ad copy messaging as, as well as super good media buying. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's and it's something. I mean, we're going to talk about a little example um, mm. that we've got later on in, on the show today around the creative. And uh, I think something we were talking about before was about there's this theory. I think a lot of people think you know you're not testing enough audiences. T- audience test, audience test, audience test. But in reality, it's the creative that creates the audience. And that's why, you know, the the broad targeting works so well. And for a lot of our customers and a lot of people is if they have good creative, the creative is attracting the audience. The algorithm is showing those creatives to the audience that's connecting with it. And it's, it's really the opposite way around. And people are really going to have to get their heads around that with the iOS 14 changes. That's a uh, minister of media, president of Facebook, writer downer. If you're a perpetual traffic listener, the creative creates the audience. And think about how that really works and how important that front end creative. When we say the creative, it's the video, the image, the ad copy, the whole idea, which sort of collates into one thing, which is like a messaging. And it identifies a certain avatar, hits the certain pain point or you know, a known desire and that's what we're talking about here. And Facebook then is able to create audiences around how that creative hits those groups of people. And we see it all the time with broad targeting where we're going to 270 million people or whatever it happens to be. And the ads work because the creative is so damn good. The second part of that is a damn good offer. You have to have an offer that converts. So if you've got those two things, like you're going to sustain yourself as a business and not just sustain and 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 survive. You're going to survive and thrive if you have messaging up front, creative that creates audiences as well as a really good solid offer that then loads them into what is a solid business and you create that's I think what's going to happen here. There is going to be if if doomsday does come, there's going to be some shakeouts for businesses that maybe aren't quite as solid. And this happens every now and then in these platforms. And this could be it coming early spring, but we'll see how it all evolves. So, all right. So let's get into some of the uh, the interesting things that are happening right now. This is uh, some news. Part of what's working now is also to give some, some news updates, things that we're seeing inside Ads Manager. First off, there's some pretty big news coming out of the land of Oz. Tell us about that, Ange. This one hits close to home. It certainly does. So uh, we're recording this on, on the 19th of February, uh, Aussie time. And yesterday, Facebook took the momentous decision to stop all news 
outlets from being shown on on Facebook. So this is it's been an ongoing discussion with Facebook and Google and the Australian government. What they're basically trying to do is they're trying to regulate the sharing of news on these social media platforms and they want to charge Facebook and Google for people being able to share, you know, links to BBC News, New York Times, lots of different news outlets. And Facebook basically yesterday said, nope, we're not playing along. We're not paying you anything. We're just going to remove all of these news sites from Facebook. And so it, it was insane yesterday. They also removed, you know, all of the major news networks, all of those. But what they also did was remove a lot of the the government agencies like our meteorological agencies, a lot of the COVID-19, you know, health agencies. So they kind of went too far uh, yesterday. A lot of those things have started coming back again now, but absolutely the major news sites, uh, if you go to their pages, if you're based in Australia and you go to their pages, they are completely blank and they show that there's no posts showing. Crazy. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. So we've got a, a, a fair amount of, well, we obviously we advertise in Australia, but then we have Australian companies that advertise with us as well. What what effects have we seen or is it too early to say at this point? What's your sense? Yeah, it's too early to say what's um, going to happen, but we're definitely keeping an eye on those CPMs. I mean, thinking on a positive note, what could happen potentially maybe cheaper CPMs if you're advertising in Australia because there's more inventory available in the newsfeed because people aren't sharing all the news links. So that's me putting my positive hat on and thinking, yeah, that let's see if that happens. Let's see if we can push more money through in Australia advertising. I think a big thing for people and, you know, it was a big shock, as I say, a lot of sites, a lot of pages got taken down or, you know, got, got scrubbed that probably shouldn't have been scrubbed. And but it's a real good reminder for people don't just build your business on the back of Facebook's platform. Yeah, you know, you have yep. to having a website is still incredibly important. Building an e email list is still incredibly important. And if your only your business only exists on Facebook, then something like this can happen and you can literally have your business wiped out in, in the space of a day. So I think yeah. just a, a wake up call on that side of it as well. You're sharecropping on other people's land and it, just always keep that in mind. You have to own your own assets and a wise man from Australia, James Shramko, always says, own the racetrack as much as you possibly can. Don't be beholden to any platform that can immediately pull the rug out from under you. And that's why you know, we've diversified into other platforms outside of Facebook and Instagram. Yeah, we're good at that. But also, like offers that work on these platforms can work elsewhere. So diversify as much as you possibly can. Own your customer list as much as you possibly can. If you're an Amazon seller and you don't own everything, like you really need to rethink how you're doing things because somebody else owns your data. Somebody else controls your business. And that's not really a business. That's not a sustainable business. So uh, I think this is a good lesson for us all. All this stuff can be taken away very quickly. Just like that, somebody you know sends an email or you know signs a DocuSign agreement that says we're no longer going to do this. So it's ephemeral, Ange, which is a term I probably haven't used since I read The Little Prince when I was in eighth grade. But uh, keep that in mind with your marketing. Yeah, definitely. You pulled a thesaurus out this time, Ralph. On the I don't know on you the just, podcast. You just the the Scozzy accent just inspires vocabulary to come out. One of the other things that also relating to an Australian ad account, speaking of Australia, because we're talking about a lot here, is 
a little thing that's shown up inside Ads Manager, which is curious. Can you tell us about what we've uh, what we started to see here? Well, there is no question that when it comes to influence and persuasion in digital marketing, no one, and I mean no one, commands more respect than Dr. Robert Cialdini. If you have never read his books, Influence and Persuasion, I swear you are missing so much in your digital marketing, not only as an influencer and an advertiser, but as just a great marketer. And that's why I'm so excited to invite you to a free webinar where he'll be sharing his latest insights on new e-commerce strategies. Now, alongside Dr. Cialdini, you'll learn from Bass Wouters and the authors of Reputation King, my buddy Scott Branley and DJ Sprague. Attendees will absolutely be able to understand exactly how to gain a competitive edge in the marketplace by leveraging online reputation management. Now, that's something that we haven't talked about here on this show all that much. And it's more reason for you to register for the webinar here, which is completely free over at reputationking.com forward slash PT. So join us on April 18th from 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern. That's 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Pacific for you West Coasters by registering at reputationking.com forward slash PT. Once again, that's reputationking.com forward slash PT. Cialdini has been a huge influence on me, and I can't wait to see how his new e-commerce strategies resonate with you and how they affect your business in a positive way using reputation management. Make sure that you register for the April 18th free webinar at reputationking.com forward slash PT. So in one of our Aussie customers ad account, there's a new column available, which is showing us the incremental results that Facebook is attributing to a campaign. And so this is this is a number that um, it's it's called it's data driven attribution. So it's a, a mathematical number that Facebook is calculating and it's basically showing you uh, these are the results that we estimate have happened as purely as a result of seeing your ads and not showing you the results of anybody that would have converted irrespective of whether they'd seen your ad or not. So just give you an, a, an example. So I'm just looking at one of the campaigns, level one campaign for the, for this client. The actual Facebook results are showing us 27 purchases, but the incremental results are showing us 21. So what it's basically saying is six of those purchases, the difference between 27 and 21, would have happened anyway without someone seeing the ad. Mm. So this is super interesting, seeing this actually in Ads Manager. And I've checked across quite a few accounts since this was spotted by one of our media buyers this week. And I've not seen it in any other account. Uh, none of the American accounts, I've checked in some other Australian accounts, we're only seeing it in this one account. But I think this is a, a, a taster of what's coming, you know. With iOS 14, you know, the current information from Facebook is that the one day data will be modeled. And this is absolutely 100% modeled data. It's mathematical data. Uh, and yeah, it's like having your own kind of conversion lift study going on in the background and you're getting reported on, you know, what are the... I, wouldn't, I don't like to say true results because, you know, attribution is a highly complex um, tool and it's a highly complex thing to get your head around and there's lots of different ways to look at it. But it's almost like a, 
a closer to reality version of how your ads are performing without yeah. Facebook claiming attribution for everything, you know, which is, you know, a common, a common thing that we hear people complaining about. I think it's also a little bit of a window into all the tr the treasure trove of data that they have. If you're a Facebook advertiser and you go into ads manager and you're looking at your just your regular reporting, yeah, you're seeing obviously some pretty good stuff here, like you know all your conversions and reach, frequency, impressions, all those things. But that is such an infinitesimally tip of the iceberg as far as what data. Facebook really has. And just think about 4 billion, in essence, monthly active users and what they know about all of those individual people. It's it's mind-boggling. And this just gives you just another insight into, yeah, we can use mathematical models to estimate conversions, but also use modeling potentially, you know, should something like an iOS 14 disrupt the whole or overturn the, the entire Apple card here. So it's really interesting to see this. And it's 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 fun that it's actually it's only in one account. I don't know whether it was a mistake or not, but it could be coming to an ad account near you. And it, it really is like having a conversion lift study right in ads manager, which is which is pretty cool. This metric, the, the data-driven attribution metric is something that's been available in the attribution tool for some time now, but actually seeing it here right alongside your, your campaigns in ads manager is awesome. And so if you want to check if you've got it in your account, you go to the drop down at the top where you would choose your columns, your column views, click on the column one, scroll right down to the bottom and you should see an option to compare attributions. Click on that and then you'll see if you've got the, the incremental uh, results uh, little checkbox. So you, you'll see the view, you know, the option to choose the one seven twenty eight day click or view data. And then if you've got the option available in the account, there'll be a, another little checkbox to the right showing the incremental results. But as I say, we're only seeing it in this one account so far, but it's it's super cool having it in there. All right. So those are the new things that we're seeing and obviously commenting on some of the the news that's happening inside Facebook and Instagram, as well as um, some <laughs> new data points that we might be able to use inside Ads Manager. Let's get into what's working now and going back to the idea that the creative creates the audience. Let's talk about this individual case study. It's, it's relatively, this is a relatively new customer of ours. And I think we're probably going to have to have some follow-ups on it as well to give you guys even more information as to how this whole thing rolls out. But this is a lab testing company for a highly sensitive medical issue. That's about as far as we can go. So a lab testing company for a highly sensitive medical issue. So this is one of those businesses that came to us thinking, okay, we've got Google search, we've got intent-based digital advertising pretty much under control here, but there's only so much we can expand the market. We want to scale and grow. We want to use Tier 11 in order to help us to do that and tap into those 4 billion monthly active users on Facebook and Instagram. So a little bit of a different kind of, of customer. These are the types of customers that we love working with because they've got a really robust business, a great offer. But does it lend itself to interruption marketing, which is basically what Facebook and Instagram is? So We've only been working with them for a short period of time, but we're starting to kind of figure this out. So maybe you can take us through what the steps were, 
how we use this new process, which we really haven't talked about here on Perpetual Traffic, which we call the Ads Lab. And we will be doing a full show on that in future episodes. But break it down for us, Ange, how it's kind of worked and and what are the results that we're seeing here? Obviously, we want to keep the the customer confidential, but it's a really interesting use case of, of how to leverage Facebook to get new customers in the door. You know, because of the nature of the business, what we you know historically what we'd seen and they they'd run a small amount of traffic prior to coming on with us, is that it's it's a challenge to get someone to interact with the ads in the feed. So we were seeing a lot of view through conversions, um, absolutely, uh, but not a lot of click, not a lot of interaction on ads. And you know, then the, the challenge when it's just view throughs, it's you know they're as you say they're super sharp on their Google side, super sharp on their Google Analytics, but Google Analytics is not showing any of these view throughs. So it's like, right. you know, they're, they're weighing up that value of Facebook. And, you know, the challenge for us is like, can we actually get people to interact with ads in the feed? So deploying, you know, the ads lab process. So it really starts with that, the fundamentals of really any client coming on, but the deep dive research. And, you know, we, we've got um, Zach on our team who's kind of spearheaded building out the ads lab process and is an absolute master at doing these deep dive researches. So really starting there, really, really deeply understanding who, who is buying this product, who, who do we want to be speaking to in the feed and how can we try and get them to interact with the ads that we're creating. Once that deep dive research has been done, then moving into, you know, well, what messaging? Um, this is the, these are the avatars. These are like really what the, the, the struggle that people are having um, when they're thinking about getting, you know, and using this business. Um, what messaging can we, can we give? What can we put out there uh, to really, really, really engage them? And again, it's, it's all, it's just all tied into like that creative that rather than going, well, this is my avatar. Okay. So I'm going to hit, you know, entrepreneurs aged 40 and up and no matter what I show them that's that's what they're going to interact with it's thinking about it the completely opposite way around like what creative would then engage and create that audience and then Facebook will start showing it there so deep dive research step one Mm -hmm. and then really deep dive into the messaging and it's hard to convey and as you're going to do you know uh, we'll do another episode on this but like it's deep it's deep 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 yeah, so deep that it's stuff like this. Like these are, uh, we, I mean, we've talked about research and we've if you go back to previous episodes about the ad grid, which I think Molly does an exceptional job on that. This is deeper by orders of magnitude. Like these are reading product user reviews, customer reviews on Amazon and on their website, founder interviews, competitor reviews, answer the public you know, buyer interviews, surveys, forums. We go on forums. We we look at customer surveys. We'll even enter, we'll listen to call center recordings, or we'll go into customer service communications. We'll dissect the sales page. We'll look at former ads that are winners and losers. Like all this stuff. Like these are deep, deep levels of research. The spreadsheet that comes out of this is kind of staggering. It's like one terabyte of data that <laughs> I think on each one, it crashes Google Drive because <laughs> Zach downloads so much data and he has folks on his team that do the same thing. So the point is, is like, this is not like surface level oh, I'm going to say, all right, well, my avatar is Mary. She lives in Des Moines, Iowa. She is 45 years old and she has two kids and one is in uh, high school and the other one's in elementary school. Like Those are avatars, yes, but are they avatars based on profound research 
that's where the ads lab really takes it to that next level. And that's when you go to that deeper level, you do this work up front. And this typically takes us about two weeks, a week to two weeks after the initial onboarding with a customer and out on the other side, sort of pops this messaging. And then that turns into step three, which is the creative brief. So you can sort of explain the, the rest of the way here. Did you know companies that blog consistently receive 67% more leads than those that don't? Now, that feels obvious, right, when you hear it, but it's still a really surprising statistic. Consistent blogging is so important to growing a business, but who has the time to research keywords, come up with topics, write content? It's a nightmare. BKA Content, a content writing agency with 10 years of experience, offers monthly SEO blog writing service where they'll do it all for you. All of your monthly blog posts delivered directly to your inbox, 100% ready to publish. Go to bkacontent.com forward slash perpetual. That's bkacontent.com forward slash perpetual. If you're not A-B testing on your site and doing optimization experiments, you're leaving serious money on the table. Not only can it keep your business from growing, it gives your competition an edge over you. Luckily, our friends at Conversion Fanatics have run thousands of conversion rate optimization experiments every year for clients like Clorox, Burt's Bees, Dr. Axe, Magnolia, ClickFunnels, and many more. They optimize your site for you so you can get more customers, scale your traffic faster, and see more profit to your bottom line. If you're interested in how you can optimize your website, you can get their number one Amazon bestseller for free by going to conversionfanatics.com forward slash free book. That's conversionfanatics.com forward slash F-R-E-E-B-O-O-K. Go download it today so you can learn how to double your customers, sales, and profits with A-B testing. The research is done and then the creative briefs come through. And obviously the media buyer is is involved in, in this process the whole way, knows what's going on. The creative brief comes through and that's, okay, the first lot of creatives that we're going to test. And it's, it's different for different clients. So whether we would do, you know, headline and copy testing first, or if we've got a really good idea around the creatives. Uh, and it really depends, you know, what past, past ads have been run in the account and what data we can pull out of that. But yeah, decide on what we're going to, we're going to test first and then really just doing it in a really systematic way. I mean, we've got here, you know, the Kaizen creative at the end there, but it's, it's how systematic can we make it straight up? Um, and then we're just iterating, iterating on the signals that we're seeing. Yeah. So getting those creatives made and then getting them into their own campaign. And what we're actually beginning to do now is just put them in a completely separate, separate account. Ad account yeah. And this, this is, and for those of you that are running ads for clients, you completely understand this. It really is more of a, a psychological game, <laughs> that one. Even though clients and customers say, absolutely, we want to test, we want to find the best the best thing when it comes to the crunch and they see things being tested and they're not hitting this KPI that they have in their head, you know, within one or two days, they start to panic. They go, and oh so, no, shut it off. Like, yeah, yeah, shut it off. It's not hitting my KPI. So by putting it in a different ad account, you are kind of removing removing that visibility of like the account and this is the KPI I need to hit. Now, there's always right. issues right. with running things in a different ad account because you might, you will get, you 
will often get different results. So we're obviously weighing that up, but it's, it's something to consider for sure. If you're doing a high, a high amount of testing, or you're thinking of implementing something like this, really consider where are you going to run it and how are you going to manage the customer's mindset when they're thinking about the performance on the testing? Yeah. And the testing part is super important. It's sort of, you know, it's an incremental step here. And, uh, you know, after we actually execute on the creative, it's like you have to set it live, figure out what's working, analyze the signal, but having it in a separate ad account is a psychological shift. Uh, it's super important. We're not talking about an enormous amount of spend here. We tell new customers it's anywhere between three to five percent of your total budget will be done on testing. We can get signals at very low amounts of spend, but don't look at that as part of your results. Look at that as an investment into the future. You're investing now on the most important thing, which is your messaging up front. Because like we said, the creative creates the audiences. And if you're not constantly testing that or iterating on it, you just it just won't work in 2021. Trust us on that one. We've seen it too much. So if you are testing, even if you're just throwing in what you know uh, our VP of Creative talks, uh, he says it's spaghetti creative. Even if you're throwing it into a campaign and just getting some signals, at least you're testing something. But it's like you're throwing spaghetti against the wall and just seeing what sticks. It's not as methodical of having it on its own testing account, on its own ad account, and really keeping that separation between church and state, so to speak. So. In this case, with this customer, we did that, right? And we went all the way through, and we went all the way through to uh, step number six, which is the creative analysis. And then we started doing the, the next thing, which is what? Step seven is Kaizen Creative. Tell us a little bit more about that. So the Kaizen Creative is is where we get into that iteration step. So it's, you know, you, you've looked at the results, you've analyzed it, you've seen where there's potential signals, you know, and that the, the metrics that you're using are going to be different. They're, they're different, you know, even for different accounts that we're working in, depending on, on what your KPI is. But really using the data to inform your next steps. I've done this myself when I'm running ads. It's you get a hunch about something and absolutely part of media buying is, you know, your experience and your knowledge of an account. And there are hunches there, but really use that data to determine where you're going next. And what actually happened in this account is we, you know, we start, we did the creative analysis where we were doing the, the testing and we actually stopped it because it wasn't, it wasn't working how we were expecting it to work. And I think this was, a, a again, this is going back to the hunch, hunches and your expectations. It was absolutely not what we expected, but it informed a different way of looking at things. And so the media buyer on the account, Nick, um, it gave him some really good ideas. And then he did a little bit more research. And then he came up with a few different ideas, a few different angles based on the analysis and the data. And what we're getting now, I mean, we've, I, I don't like to say it's a unicorn ad, but it's something that's absolutely never happened in this account yeah. ever in the past. And we didn't think it was going to happen. Something we haven't really seen ever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're getting insane engagement, shares, likes, lots of comments on the, one of the, the new ads that have been created. And it, it's it's just unheard of in this account that people would be that engaged with an ad in their feed. And it's because it's absolutely spot on uh, talks to the who is actually going to purchase this product. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely spot on. 
Yeah. And in this case, Nick, who's the media buyer, usually what will happen in this process is we'll send it back to creative and then we will get iterations through this Kaizen creative. He's just sort of read the data after the testing and the reporting and was really doing the deeper analysis and said, I have a, based upon what I see in the data, I'm going to create this offshoot of it. You know, we were just looking in the Slack channel right now and like when it actually came out, everyone's like, wow, that's really deep. And sure enough, it worked. But it was a hunch or a guess or a supposition based upon what the data was sort of showing him and what also what it wasn't showing him too. So I think, you know, you, you usually don't hit it on the first time through in most cases. I don't think we really did here, but looking at your data uh, and really analyzing it I think is the the key to getting so deep and creating an ad like this. And I think, you know, that it was the creative that he had the idea for and, you know, did it quickly, quickly created. He used uh, Rachel, who's who's working on the account with him. She's now been iterating off some of the things that he's, you know, the ideas that he's had. But he took something that she'd created. He meshed it together with with an idea that he had. And then bingo, we've got this this ad that's like really, really just nothing, nothing that you would have thought in this account. Um, but that, that hunch from him was based on days worth of research that had been done previously. Right. Yeah. That can't be understated. It's the, well, for some people on staff, they actually do think it's the sexy thing of advertising. I say it's the unsexy part of advertising because it's just grinding it out. Fortunately, we have an awesome uh, creative strategy team, Zach, Anna, who just love doing this kind of stuff because it is really, it's deep psychology of human emotion. And I think that's one of the things that drives us all in advertising is like, like can't, like, I think we're all fascinated by human behavior and want to sort of crack that code. So, but none of this really happens without that, that deep research. And then obviously Rachel's element of this whole thing as the art director is producing a lot of the parts of what now is a really well performing ad. So it's a collaboration between the team as well as the Let's not forget about Ben. I mean, Ben came in and did a lot of the testing here that led to these signals. So it's a total team effort here. And I'm not saying that, you know, if you're running ads for yourself as a business or even you're an agency, like we're a large agency, that's fine. We have these sorts of resources. But if you take just a little part of what we're saying here and implement that in your advertising, you're going to win in the end. And you, you can't substitute the research part of this whole thing and what we call deep dive research for sure. That's the hard, that's the hard work. It's the hard yakka. Is that, is that an Aussie word? The hard yakka? That's good. I was hoping you would draw up an Aussie lingo okay, in hard, there. Yeah, there you go. The hard yakka. <laughs> and you know, it's something, it, it's, it's something that I always struggled with myself and, and I, didn't it was after conversations with Zach one day we were talking about you know the the level of research and the level of like where you're actually using real data to inform it i've always been terrible at doing these customer avatar exercises and i realized it's because i literally was making it up yeah. you know i was i was making it up based on yeah okay yes i would do a bit of research but in essence it was made up but with this when you properly commit to understanding who is buying this this product what are the, what really is going through their head 
then it's not, it doesn't feel made up. And you can like someone like me, who's a very analytical brain, I can actually connect with that. And it makes sense to me. And it's something I'm, I'm willing to embrace and I can, I can go forward with rather than thinking, I think I just made up Betty who likes dogs, who lives in a apartment block or whatever. But I also think that, I mean, we've been doing media buying for a long time. I mean, for, for me, it's been since like the, you know, the early 2000s. And you could get away with the fluffy avatars way back when, because if you were doing any level of research, that was way more than everybody else. Now everybody's advertising on digital. Maybe not everybody, but there's still obviously a lot of growth. Times have changed and you have to change the way that you look at this. And, you know, no knock on the ad grid, but the ad grid avatars are typically made up of people based on intuition of the writer in often cases. And it's not necessarily on deep research and not to denigrate that process because it's very effective. I think sort of taking it to that next level is where we're really talking about here. Because if you have fluffy avatars, that leads to inconsistent results. And it results is what it's really, it's all about. And can you actually do the research up front, create this sort of creative flywheel that continuously pushes out new creative that converts? And we're not only looking for the unicorn creative, we love those, we've had those. You know, I can think of uh, half a dozen off the top of my head that just spent millions and millions and millions. Like the one video ad that you must need, Ange, in order to run a business, like... That might have worked four or five years ago. It doesn't work now. <laughs> you know, what we're really trying to get here is yes, the unicorn that spends millions and with a consistent, you know, KPI, but really the workhorse, the plow horse, kind of, you know, using the horse analogy. I guess we're going on a horses here. The, the workhorse, the plow horse, the one that gets the work done, the everyday creative that is maybe one of a dozen creatives all working together. Maybe it's image, video, GIF, carousel, all working together to create the result that you want for the customer. Unicorns are great, but they're they're not the be all and end all of of every single account. And yeah, you gotta have you gotta have more than more than one that works for you. Yeah, yeah. I'll take the plow horse any day. I guess the workhorse, plow horse. That's probably Work the same. Ho- yeah, yeah. I like those Clydesdales, I, as we Clydesdales. call it, as, you know, there in you Scotland. Go. That's good. I've ridden a horse like once. I have no idea what I'm talking about here. Yeah, me too. I'm pretty, <laughs> pretty rubbish on my horse. I'll take my car anyway. Yeah, we have cars now. Uh, so no, well, this is... So what else on this one? I mean, this is this is a pretty... It's in-depth. We can't really go into the real specifics of it, but suffice to say, this is a highly sensitive medical issue. So it's a, it's an area that you wouldn't think would work on Facebook, but it's really starting to work. So if you have a business where you're skeptical about, will Facebook work for me? Chances are it's just a matter of putting in the research and the effort and the testing and be willing to go out there and spend money and lose money in some case. Like you're not going to get it every single time. Like we're professionals. This is what we do. But if you're frustrated and you're on iteration 12 and you still haven't figured it out and you spent thousands of dollars, keep at it. Really, especially if you've got a solid product and a good offer that the world deserves to know about. It's just a matter of figuring out that front-end creative so that you can engage that audience and build a business by acquiring customers. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, just that, as you say, that understanding of, you know, what it takes to to make things work on Facebook. You know, don't don't go in there with the mindset that Facebook is Google because they are so different in terms of the good intent point. and no intent. So, you know, understand that. But the offer... If you've got a good offer, you know, 
you should be able to make it work. Yeah, and if you are if you are running Google Ads, like for example, there's another customer. Not to go sideways here, but there's another customer that's been with us since you know the pandemic. They had you know a lot of really good Google traffic. It was limited based upon you know inventory and how many ads they could actually buy, but it showed that the offer actually was good. It was a solid offer. It it has a pulse, so to speak, because they were going after keywords that were intent-based keywords, and the thing was selling at a very good return on ad spend. And we did the analysis. We said, wow, I think we can, because it's a novel offer, it's different, and other digital marketing, other digital advertising is working for them. That's a very strong signal that we can figure it out on Facebook. That one took a relatively short period of time because it's such a good offer. The point is, is, if you have signals in other types of media where you are converting and you are selling, there's a very high likelihood that you can figure it out on Facebook. It might just take a little time to do it. And you know, putting in the work on the, on the upfront is the way to do it. So, well, that is this week's episode of What's Working Now. So great to have the president of Facebook uh, come on every month, even though I like Maven of Media, Minister of Media. But anyway, we'll go with the president of Facebook this past week. Um, <laughs> thanks for coming on. <laughs> she likes it, yeah. She's good. Power hungry. I'm president of Facebook now. President. Yes. For all the, uh, the references and for everything that we talked about here, we'll probably make some references to some of the interesting attribution tools and, and things that you can learn about there. That'll that'll probably put you to sleep on a Thursday night. Uh, we'll leave all those references in the show notes. And um, this is uh, episode 294. So head on over to digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. Episode 294. Check out the references. And... Uh, President of Facebook, it's been great to have you on this week. Well, it's been my pleasure. Thank you. <laughs> Until next week, see ya.